Welcome to the Finding Strong podcast with your host, Pat Gates and Mark Bottenhorn. We're coming to you from the heart of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. We are on a mission to push the limits and find strength through endurance, mindset, and fitness. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Mark Bottenhorn. What's going on, everyone? Mark, how's uh, your week been, my bro? Oh, good. Last 10 days, I've been back on the back on the training grind. Um, not that I wasn't training before, but actually structure training. Uh, I got Matt coaching me again, and it's been a great 10 days. Three really solid workouts, good long runs. Uh, in spite of the heat, doing a lot of really good training, uh, but have started a new role with my company. Um, and I'm achieving really well there, but, uh, it's getting harder and harder each time I get promoted and it's getting more stressful and the days are getting longer and they're less fun. So, yeah. That, you know, that's work. Just not, not fun. Cause you yeah. do all the stuff when you want to be outside running or yeah. just being outside in general. Yeah. More money, more problems. Yeah, that's what, that's what they say. But I feel good to be 29 years old and achieve where I'm at already. Oh, absolutely. Ahead of schedule. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I know for me, uh, it's been doing, doing the, following the physical therapy sheet that uh, the doctor gave me. I've uh, been doing that, been in, trying to get to the gym, do some upper body stuff, and then doing physical therapy stuff, and stretching out, getting the sauna, just trying to get back faster, uh, becoming a little bit more impatient. Yeah. But I guess that's normal. Yeah. When you've been sitting on your ass for four weeks, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I know Ben Greenfield has been putting water up his butt to buy a lot of himself. Have you been doing anything like that? <laughs> uh, no, I think I might pass on that. Okay. That old Greenfield butt technique. Yeah, he went to. Uh, he actually is, from what I understand, in, in in Europe right now, Sweden or Switzerland or something. And I think it's a sauna specifically for butt stuff, where they're actually putting. Uh, fluids up his butt, like giving him like some kind of sports performance enemas or whatever. Really <laughs> wacky stuff. That's cool, man. Uh, uh, I think I'm passing that. I mean, yeah. if it's going to heal this ankle any faster, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Might leave that one out because I'm not going over there to do that. But. Yeah. I feel like that's the extra one-tenth of a percent. I don't, for the record, I don't believe that works. <laughs> but, but that type of stuff you worry about when you have like nothing left to give and, and, and you're maximizing everything else. I'm a long way away from. Hey, brother! I say, do what you want to do. Yeah, about me none. Yeah, but yeah, just trying to get back. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go for like a really light jog, nice little jog. I got I got a nice ankle brace for it too, so just kind of keep it loose, and it's gonna be like a 15 minute like fat like a power walk. Yeah, but uh, you know maybe I'll break into the power walking Olympics. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> they're, they're they are so <laughs> they are the fast. They are so damn fast. It's crazy. I don't understand the sport because I feel like why don't you just run? But I this is it's a whole different dynamic. That's a different podcast. That's, yeah, different different yeah. stuff. Yeah. So um, what do you got on the agenda for today, my friend Mark? I have I have a few confessions to make. Oh boy, here um, we go. One, I've uh, regressed and transformed back to a total soy boy, and I am now back on the plant based diet. And uh, number two, I I decided to quit drinking. Mm, why is this? Um, I'm tired of underachieving. Uh, tired of just really selling myself short in every aspect. And I feel like I have a, a really rare thing right now, a really rare opportunity. 
And if I don't, if I don't pursue uh, running and, and competing at the level that I'm capable of, I think I'm going to regret it in 20 years. And those things aren't necessarily hindering me per se, but they're not getting me any closer uh, to my goals. So in that case, if they're not helping me, then, then they're not useful. How has uh, drinking affected you previously? Um, so I don't have like a drinking problem per se, but one, it, it, ruin, it straight ruins my body composition and it ruins my confidence, frankly. I mean, I don't think body composition is super important for uh, athletic performance, but it's important for, for my own mental well-being. Like I like to look at least halfway decent if I can. Yeah. So I'm not insecure about myself. Definitely agree with that. Um, and so drinking, you know, you're and like, I'm not drinking no natty lights or anything like that. I might have a different issue to, to face if I were, but I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking craft beers that cost $9 each at home. Not even, not even <laughs> right. At the bar. right. And they're 360 calories and 13% alcohol. And, uh, it's just a lot of extra empty calories. So that's that's my main reason for, for getting into that. And I think we'll get more into the actual science that I have behind it at least. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think those two things are, are positive uh, moves in the right direction because I look back to try to analyze what I'm doing and what hasn't worked in the past and what has worked. And when I put it all together, I thought, you know, I drinking doesn't make me any better. It it probably makes me worse, and there's no need for it. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of sleep. It's a waste of energy. And probably, I mean, it isn't doing me any long-term uh, favors in terms of health. So I feel like I'm better off without it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, but right before I moved to uh, North Carolina, there's like, you know, probably a two or three month span where I was just like, you know, drinking like three or four times a week just because uh, I'm going out with my friends and that was just like the convenient thing to do. And also, I didn't like have any goals or like aspirations for like OCR. I didn't know like what it was or anything. Yeah. So I kind of just like gained a bunch of weight. I was drinking a lot, and like I felt super unhealthy. I was wasn't sleeping. Um, I was definitely had more anxiety. And um, after after finally getting settled in, I started working out more and finding a routine and finding stuff that I wanted to do and accomplish. And I ended up losing like you know thirty pounds. Yeah. And just, and just like, and I didn't drink for like a few months and it all came from, you know, not drinking and like kind of watching what I ate a little bit more and having like a steady regimen. Yeah. So I think so many people fall into that same, into that same thing. Right. And then in, in your, in your profession, um, in the financial sector, right. Yep. Yep. Um, it's, it's not uncommon that, that people, your coworkers are drinking routinely like going out it seems like a really common theme right yeah it's definitely definitely super convenient too because like you know we like we want to spend time together as like you know work work uh employees and team members you know because we're friends too outside of the office so yeah. when we go out like it's just convenient hey let's you know go out and drink and have fun kind of thing and yeah. instead of just just hanging out yeah so i think so many people do that like in, in just different professions or whatever it is i'm really lucky to work in a almost like a health-centered profession where, where people's right. endurance sports, college sports and things like that are what people are doing. Um, but I don't hang out with any of them outside of work. Uh, once the, once my bell rings, I'm, I'm gone. But right. I do understand what you're saying. And I think it's a really common theme in, in all of America and probably yeah. all over the world. Um, but I mean, theoretically if you're drinking four times a week, right? Yeah. You're putting a load of excess calories in and then all bets are off on what you're going to eat. 
Because that right. goes right out the window right. once eating, you've been eating drinking. Eating Coney or late night pizzas or whatever. Yeah, and you're just eating for convenience, right? Like yeah. you're eating for convenience. You don't your inhibitions are lowered. You really don't give a fuck, frankly. Yeah, and you're just shoving whatever down, and you're going to pay for it tomorrow. Um, but you know, if the effects of alcohol, you know, they diminish your sleep for the next forty eight hours, theoretically dehydrate you, make you perform less, uh, increase your chances of tearing, rupturing. Uh, straining muscles for the next 48 hours. If you do that four times a week, you are 100% under the, uh, instead of a performance answer, it, it's, it's decreasing your performance and it's every week. Right. There's no time where you're not under the influence of that. Yeah. And the depth of the, the whole sleep aspect of, you know, getting yeah. three hours of sleep, waking up super dehydrated and then just like trying to go to work. And then when you're at work here, you're, you're not giving your best performance or whatever, even, even you know, like running, you're not giving your, your best performance. And like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Right. And so I, I think that's, that's really a negative, a negative thing for me. Like I would, I would stay out with uh, Robert or whoever it is drinking. And then I'd get up and I'd hammer a 15 mile long run the next day at six thirty pace and right early in the morning. And I, and I'd get up early and I'd run. Well, I got up early cause I couldn't sleep. Um, and then I'd get out and get the run over with cause it's five 30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep anyway. And I'm like, Oh, I feel great. Like no motherfucker. You don't feel great. No. You, cause you're <laughs> being lethargic and tired throughout the day. You're like, Oh, yeah. I think I need a nap or yeah, a caffeine boost yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Nothing was great and it wasn't improving my performance. <laughs> so like, and, and that right there I think is a little bit of delusion to sit there and say to myself, Oh, I drink, I run better after I drink. Like that's, that's nonsensical. And it was almost like I was just justifying a way to do it. Right. And again, I don't think I had a, a like a, an addiction problem with alcohol, but I had a problem saying no to it. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Cause you, I mean, cause everyone's like, like, it's convenient. You know, you want to go out, you have fun with your friends. Like yeah. what else are you guys going to, or what else are we going to do with like with everyone in, in a massive group? All right, we're going to go out. Yeah. But I mean, just like okay, well, I guess I'm I'm not gonna drink at the bar with all yeah. my friends, and they're gonna they're gonna peer pressure you or or beer pressure you, yeah, if you will. Um, so I mean, that's I think that's the hardest part to overcome is the social aspect of it. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like don't do those things, but I'm just saying you got to be conscious of it and not do it where it's gonna deter you from performing in what you want to do and achieving your goals. Yeah. So now, if you go back go back to your situation now, so like you gained thirty pounds. Yeah, roughly 30, 30 pounds. And I know you're going through a little bit of anxiety and depression during this period of time, right? Yep, yep, yes, I was. Um, just the fact, like the the whole moving to a different state, didn't really know what to do. I was like leaving all my friends, so I was just, like trying to cram a bunch of shit into like, you know, two months, and that happened to be going out, you know, three times a week with with yeah. people and doing whatever, and and that's pretty much how it was. And then trying to like, you know turn that into a positive, like get to back working out again. It just seemed harder and it seemed lazier. And I just, re just realized that it was the alcohol that kept me behind. Right. And so what were, what was your weight at your heaviest? Oh, I was about almost 210. 210? Yeah. And I mean, you were not like a lean or jack 210, right? You were starting to get heavy. Oh, starting to get heavy. Yeah. They're, they're like, I, I really like... Cause it was kind of, I thought it was like more like casual drinking. Oh, I'm young, having having fun kind of thing. But like when I saw a picture of myself, like at the beach or we went to the waterfalls, I like I had like my shirt off and I saw a picture of myself. I'm like, hey buddy, what in the f sweet fuck are you doing to yourself? <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, and and like obviously somebody's uh, physique or body composition doesn't define <laughs> them, but it can be hard when you're used to being 
super athletic and super fit and, and you look at yourself one day and you say, oh my God, what happened? What did I fucking do to myself? Right. Kind and of thing. It, it comes to the realization like it hurts your self-esteem, mm-hmm. but it also it's like you're, you're seeing a, a physical representation in a photo or in the mirror of the damage that you're actually doing to your body. Yeah. And, and that was like the wake up call for you to, to cut back on the yeah, drinking. Yeah, absolutely. And one, once I like kind of saw that, I was just like, I got to start doing something. So I remember like I hit you up to like do like a running program and I started like lifting every day before work and I would even go come home and like go for a run or like go back to the gym yeah. and I ended up losing like, you know, 35 pounds okay. and the diet and stop and definitely it's not stopping drinking and like the diet, like changing the diet a little bit definitely freaking helped. Um, it was just like a lot, like a, I felt like a two month period of drinking and eating like shit led to oh, like a like a year and a half working hard to get back to like a physique that I li- I liked. Yeah, but it also it was a catalyst that propelled you into in, into, into all the things that that you're into now. Right. And it seeing that picture was the wake up call that you needed. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of times like, you know, uh, people hit rock bottom and that's their wake up call, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we talked about this before, but like if you're just like casually doing it, you don't really hit a, a rock bottom or anything. Right. So you're kind of just living your life. No. Yeah. And then like seeing that, like, you know, physical representation in, in that picture of myself, I'm just like, there's, there's that wake up call. We're like, well, I need to kind of change my ways or I could be gaining, you know, 20, 30 more pounds and looking even worse. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when when you're an alcoholic or somebody's an alcoholic, that's obviously a path that they don't want to be on. It's very challenging. A lot of times, alcoholics hit rock bottom, and they realize they need to change. And like we we're talking, in that when you're in that moderate drinking zone, where you're in that more than like, you know, a couple times a week zone or something like that, I think that's a dangerous place because nothing really goes off the rails. Like you might start to gain a few pounds. Your your body like right. is becoming more and more unhealthy because of that and other factors. Um, but you never hit rock bottom from that, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you don't have that wake up call and that puts you into a pretty dangerous zone where you can do a lot of damage or it just kind of slips away. Like you didn't realize. And then you're saying, yeah. oh shit, 35 pounds later, here I am. And you know, now I'm, yeah. now it's going to take me some time to get back to, to what I want to do. And for me, it didn't really, it wasn't a wake up call, but uh, for the background, last weekend was it last weekend? Yeah, ten, last weekend. Ten days ago. Ten days ago. Ten, ten days ago, we were on the west side of Michigan, and um, it was it was Dan, Pat, and myself, and I was running the Holland Western Trail twenty k, twelve point four miles on some muddy, uh, dirty, disgusting trails that were a bunch of fun. Um, we had like I don't know four or five beers the night before. We hit a bunch of breweries, got very little sleep, and I ate some. Uh, I don't know what I ate, like some kind of, it was smoked meat week at that brewery. Oh, yeah, the Avant Brewery. Yeah, and so I I had some kind of like smoked like... Chicken kielbasa or something. Yes, and it didn't taste good. I didn't like it. Like I always feel conflicted about eating meat and nothing against anybody else. Like, But it just, I've always been torn. So when, you know, I got to the race in the morning, probably got four and a half hours of sleep. Um, you know, I drank more than I'm used to drinking anyway. And definitely at like mile 10, I was feeling the effects of it, but I was running away with the race. No problem. I was like out there casually having fun. And that, at that moment is kind of where I hit my wake up call. And I was like, I just ran away with this race. Like it was nothing. I'm, I'm sitting here laughing, you know, running through the trails like, Oh, it's so funny. Like I just, 
drank a bunch of beers, going to go come in, win this race, and then drink a bunch of beers tonight. And I'm just like, man, I am wasting. I am wasting my talent. I'm wasting my potential, and I'm watching it waste away in what is soon to be the prime of my endurance life. And that was a wake-up call. But then we still went on and drank a piss load of beer the yeah. rest of the night. And, and that, that was in my head the whole time. And we drank way more than we should have. Oh, absolutely. And, way, way, way more. And, you know, your, your soccer, your teammates happened to be in the same city we were in. And we all got together. And that compounded to even more drinking. Dan was wobbling all over yeah, the squirrely, place. Yeah, squirrely Dan, as we call him. He, yeah. He had too much to drink. And so and I, I remember this moment distinctly. And, and this is important. I'm not just rambling. It was about... 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and uh, me and you and Dan are absolutely tired. We've been drinking all day after the race, and we drank the night before. And we're like, "Oh man, we're falling asleep. What should we do? Like, we should get some Red Bull, so we yeah, can, so we can drink more." <laughs> yeah, and that, <laughs> and that resulted in a lot of Red Bull and a lot of vodka and a lot of is just binge drinking. That's what yeah. it was. And the next morning, I felt like crap. Had, I had the whole day. The whole day I felt like crap. I felt like crap into Monday. It affected my training on Monday. Um, but it, every time I drink, every single time I drink, like if I have more than one beer, I just get overwhelming anxiety. But I continue to do it. And the whole weekend just culminated in what to me was a wake-up call. Like I don't want to be eating these sausages and these bullcrap meats. I don't, I don't even enjoy them. Right? So why am I putting them in my body? They're not right. helping me. Right. Um, and it's not something that, that morally that I align with at least. So I decided I'm going to cut them both out right now and I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And I'm going to focus on getting everything back. So I, I got on the uh, phone with Matt and I said, I'm not doing the, the four workouts a week. I'm going down to two workouts a week, uh, run six to seven days a week, whatever it takes. And I'm going to go after this ultra running thing. And he said, you have the potential to be one of the top ultra runners in the country. We just have to be able to put in the work and you have to be able to stay focused. And it was like, I got those distractions out of the way. I'm up training at 6 a.m. And that was it. And that's why I made the decision to, to cut that stuff out. Because this stuff is more important to me. Drinking isn't important to me. Right. Yeah, so, that's that's the thing. If, like, I'm not saying don't like don't go have fun. Don't go drink or whatever. Uh, what I'm saying is if, if, if it doesn't align with the goals that you want to accomplish, then then why why do those why do those things? Yeah. And if, if drinking like you know binge drinking on the weekends and having fun it doesn't doesn't line with your goals don't do it. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing for me. I have pretty much developed this mindset. Like I lost a lot of my early twenties and teens to anxiety. Like just lost it. Like it's a blur to me. And since then I've I've accomplished more than I ever imagined I'd accomplish in in a, in a, in a spectrum of things but i've been really good at saying does this provide me value does this person provide me value um yes or no and if i say no then i don't do it you know like we i was talking about buying an audi or a bmw recently does that provide me any value for what i want to do and what i want to accomplish in my life no might pad my ego a little bit more but that's it. So it doesn't do anything, then no. Then I don't have it in my life. And why is it any different with drinking? Right. So, exactly. But if, it, if if that's something that, that you enjoy, certainly not saying cut it out. But there is obviously the opportunity for you to look into your life and see what can I cut out? Because something's toxic, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. And 
and that's and that's the thing. That's all, like all I wanted. That's all I wanted to do is like yeah, I'm gonna probably have a like a like a drink or two with like some friends here and there, but I'm, I'm there's no way you can we can do this every weekend like get get absolutely smashed or whatever because it's not gonna unless uh, not aligning with the goals of what I want to achieve. Yeah, and the hardest part for me was like the social aspect of it because it's a big thing in, in Michigan probably in general, but a big thing yeah. with, with our group of friends. So I told a lot of them straight up like, Hey, I'm not drinking anymore. I told them before we get in situations where they're like, start calling me right. <laughs> not drinking. I'll be, I'll be a playful. Um, so I, I decided to let them know ahead of time, you know, so they kind of respect my wishes and help me in the process of not doing it. Yeah. And, and if they don't help you, then, then, then they don't care about you. Right. But, but everybody I told is like, wow, that's really great, man. Yeah. And they, they love me and they don't care. Um, so that was something that I needed to get over myself. It was my own apprehensions. But I don't plan on even just having like a casual drink. I've opted to go away from that now. As much as craft beer is such an interest to me and brewing beer is, is something that I really love, I've decided to cut ties with it altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that I've made peace with and I'm happy with. Um, and now that I say that I won't do it, you you already know. I, I, I gotta hold you. I'm gonna hold you accountable. So if I see a beer in your hand, I'm fucking smacking it out the hand. You, but you're not gonna see a beer in my hand. Okay, you probably know that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So I think that's that's the big thing. I think the lesson to take away from that is everybody has something that's probably a little bit toxic in their life, and you with a little bit of self reflection, you can find it out what it is for you. Yeah, I mean, like David Goggins says, like you know, look at the accountability mirror. You yeah. know, I saw it in in the, the in the photograph. Yeah. So look at look at the, look in the accountability mirror and see what you can change about yourself. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about this alcohol topic before we move on to the real topic is, I didn't have that vision in the mirror, but but what I had, and, and I have on other things, but but what I did have is. The fact that I like parade around and act like I don't give a shit about running or anything and like I'm not talented, I just work hard. Like, no, I'm I'm actually really talented and I don't work hard enough. And it's a disservice to people for me to say, I just work really hard, I'm not good at this. That's a disservice. And it's also it's a disservice to myself. And it's another thing, it's a sacrifice, you know? Like the the quote from Prefontaine, to give anything less than, than your best is a sacrifice to the gift. And I don't want to sacrifice it anymore because I'm not gonna have any regrets in my life. The way I choose to live it. Yeah, absolutely. So, but moving on to the nutrition, and there's there's a there's a bigger thing behind the nutrition than than, than this, uh, you know. So prior to March first, um, you know, in the past I've been a vegan, a vegetarian for much of my time. Even as a child, I was never really interested in meat. Um, in high school, I was vegetarian for a period of time. I know Pat yeah. was too. Um, and maybe part of this was like the way my mom prepared meat. She cooked it like to the point where it was like leather. <laughs> it was like leather on the my New Balance 994s, you know, like just straight, straight leather. And so it wasn't enjoyable. Um, but once I could do research on my own, I, there are moral issues that needed to be crossed. And so, you know, for the, for the 16 or 18 weeks leading up to the Pilot Mountain Marathon in February, I ate completely plant-based, whole food, vegan diet. Um, except... I made some mistakes on that diet, um, and I was performing really well. And you know, if you if you look into the result of the Mount Pilot Marathon, it was my first race back after breaking my foot, and I came in second place. And I panicked because I might use coming in second place because I'm used to always getting what I want. And so I said, "Well, what's changed?" Like, "Well, I'm a vegan now." So I immediately panicked. I was like, "Gotta cut that out." Get back to protein. 
And then, you know, my body composition is what I want it to be because you can't be ripped and be a vegan, blah, blah, blah. Or you can't be ripped and be a vegetarian. It's completely not true. It's primarily about calories in, calories out. And if anybody tells you different, it's not true. Um, but if I look back, I made some mistakes in that vegan diet before, right? Like eating eight tablespoons of but, uh, peanut butter uh, on, on a binge because I was stressed and peanut butter is vegan. Like, yeah, and it tastes good. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Like uh, eating like Lenny and Larry's cookies, you know, or Oreos, those are <laughs> yeah. vegan, right? So you got to be careful. And I, and I went off the rails a little bit with that, and I, and I took advantage of it. I thought, hey, I'm training a lot. And so my body composition suffered a little bit. My performance did not suffer. I was performing really well. And I went up against somebody in that race who was a great runner. He's done really well at the ultra distances, and those races are right in his backyard. So he trains in the mountains. The real issue was is that in Michigan, we're not able four months leading up to that race to even get on trails. They're just completely one foot to two foot snow packed the whole time. So that was the real issue and I panicked. Um, so for the last three months or so, I'd been eating a, a diet with like, I reverted back to like kind of like a bodybuilding diet because it's all I know. And my body composition improved, but I got heartburn at like a tremendous rate. Like yeah. every single day I got heartburn. And when I was eating a, a plant-based diet, I didn't get any heartburn whatsoever. Um, I didn't. I didn't get any. You know, I didn't. I didn't have any really issues at all. The only issue I had is occasionally I had bloat after I had a really high carbohydrate meal, but that's pretty typical. Um, so when you eat a lot of plants and a lot of fiber, that's what happens. Uh, but it didn't really. Ultimately, it didn't hinder anything. And so from a performance aspect, it was really good. And from a moral aspect, this is where I try not to comment or talk too much. Um, but I was just looking back at what I ate. And like one day I ate like a bunch of chicken breast in a slow cooker. I ate a bunch, an unnecessary amount of protein. Um, I ate a bunch of ground turkey. I had about four eggs in the morning, a bunch of ground turkey, a couple like chicken sausages that were nitrate free. And I thought like, I, I visualized it on the table. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Like, look at the amount of animals that were tortured and had to die just so I could eat today. Like, just so just so Mark Bonhorn could be a little bit more ripped and not even perform as good. And I was like, who, like, who the fuck am I? Like, like these animals are dying and suffering. And, like, and like if, you, if you think about the amount of food that I had to consume, that was, to me, it was really off-putting. And it was a wake-up call. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um like even so, like the other so yesterday or the other day, I went to um, Jerusalem Garden Cafe in Ann Arbor, a mm -hmm. uh, nice uh, Mediterranean vegetarian vegan place. Yeah, uh, but they have op like neat options. Um, I got like the falafel, falafel dish with like you know the fatouche salad and all that stuff with some nice olive oil on it and like a very nice wholesome good, you know, vegan meal. And then I tried some like a piece of chicken that I was with the, with the person I was with, and it just didn't taste as nutritious or it didn't taste as good as like all the vegetables that I had on the freaking plate. Yeah. So like I don't know if like, I just haven't been eating enough meat where I just like don't think it tastes as good anymore. Yeah. Your palate does change. Yeah. I mean, based on what you're eating and, and the diet, it's kind of acquired. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I get that same feeling too. Yeah. And then, I, then it follows with guilt. And I'm not trying yeah. to guilt anybody else because I'll never judge what anybody else eats for what they want to do. Right, right, right. I'm only looking at it from my own perspective. Mm -hmm. um, some people don't have the same thoughts that I do, yeah. so they're not going to feel the guilt. Yeah, because I, I, I remember I remember coming back from Wisconsin the the 
the was it the thirty mile race you were doing or the fifty? Yeah, I race? broke my foot. Where you broke your foot? Yeah. Uh, I remember driving on the the freeway, and we just saw um, a semi with cows just jam packed in the back. Uh, pigs, right? Was pig, it, pigs? it was pigs. Yeah, yeah. just jam packed. And I just remember thinking, like, they are just living a terrible existence. Yeah. I like one thing that really turned my stomach when we saw that is we're driving and we look over and the the the, the trailer of the truck is like graded, right? And they're taking yeah. these pigs to presumably to slaughter or something. And the the pig's ear was stuck, like clearly being pulled and pinched, and it was just stuck in the grating. And I was like, shit, man. Like all of this unnecessary like I don't even I I've, I've never eaten pork anyway. Um doesn't make it any better, but it's like, I don't, yeah, but I mean, I just, for me, you know, for sure. And I just like, noticed that like when I eat a more plant pay, plant-based vegetarian diet, I feel way better than like eating meat, like, you know, three or four times a week or whatever. I just feel, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just feel better. I feel like I, I I'm more alert. I feel like I, uh, perform better. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think that I perform better too. So that's ultimately fifty um, percent of the reason I'm back on it. The other fifty percent is the morality of it. Mm-hmm. I think that you could probably eat and perform well on a diet that contains uh, some meat and stuff like that. But when you start getting into copious amounts of protein, as I've said before, it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I put a picture up on Instagram and got about twenty seven hundred likes on it, um, and it was a transformation picture. It was humble me. brag. I'm just kidding. Break. Uh, so Hollowbrack confirmed. So and it was a, it was a picture of me as a transformation picture, and in one picture, I was really skinny, living in Colorado, trying to be as restrictive as I could with my calories and things like that. But I was consuming meat, um, and then I didn't tell anybody that. And then in the picture next to me, um, I gained muscle back because I said, you know what, fuck this. I want to look how I want to look, and I want to do the things I enjoy, including working out. And I was on a completely plant based diet. And I was way more jacked, way more muscular. I was 11 pounds heavier in the second picture with a lower body fat. And most people wouldn't believe that I did that on a plant-based but that diet. Um, and so people then started asking me about my diet. And that's when we kind of did the diet podcast and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but some of them are still shocked. And they say, well, how do you eat your protein? You know, and, yeah. and just prior to this, to starting this podcast, I did a little bit of a calculation, right? So beyond 1.6 grams per kilogram, grams per kilogram of body weight uh, for protein, there's really no scientific benefit to consuming more, um, even if you're trying to gain muscle and be a bodybuilder in, in the vegan spectrum uh, or in, in any spectrum. So I'm 158 pounds right now currently. So that's 71.6 kilograms. So if you're if you're at 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight, that puts me at 114.5 grams of protein. On any given day, I consume between 105 and 120 grams of completely plant-based protein. Um, so the question of how do I get enough protein is, and then the next thing is a lot of plant-based protein is not complete protein. But if it's not complete protein, your body just doesn't throw it out. It has a way of combining amino acids from other foods. Um, so you don't need to actually worry if they're complete proteins or not, assuming that you're eating a balanced diet. Um, so my body composition has already started improving. My running performance has already started improving. And I think it's, I don't regret things often. I do regret even getting off the plant-based diet to begin with because it just doesn't fit my, my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know, uh, your wife, Brittany has been, been on the plant-based for quite some time now, like yeah. ever since 
I don't know how long now. It's been quite a bit, quite a while. Yeah, like it had to be. I mean, I don't, I don't think that she's even. No, she hasn't eaten meat probably since 2015. Yeah, I don't know. And we don't, we don't buy meat. Um, and then I was also the next part was when I, so I started buying meat to to eat up with this bodybuilding diet I was on to be a better runner, which already is counterintuitive. And I'm like, man, this stuff adds up. So I'm eating, buying three pounds of ground turkey a week, and I'm trying to buy pretty much organic. And I'm buying organic eggs, and I'm buying triple zero Greek yogurt. And by the time you look at it, I'm like, man, that's thirty dollars worth of stuff. Right, and it's three, th- like three or four things. Yeah, and it's you know, and then I'm and I'm looking at like when I was eating a plant based diet, and now currently like quinoa, organic quinoa from Costco, um, organic garbanzo beans, like organic hummus, like power greens, all those things. Like, I'm like, wow. My grocery bill has like tripled because of adding meat to it. So not only am I damning the environment and damning my body and dooming my liver and kidneys you're and pancreas. You're dooming your freaking wallet too. Dooming my wallet. So like and I'm sabotaging my performance. So and this is this is strictly for me. Um, it doesn't do well for performance with me. And I think I've always I've always been a, like not a big fan of eating meat. And I've spent most of my adult life as pretty much a vegetarian. Um, But going fully plant-based, I think, was a big step for me. And I'm happy I did it. Yeah, so I mean, what I've, so you've been doing this the last, like, week or so. And before that, you did, you know, for like 16 weeks. 10 10 days now. uh, 16 weeks completely vegan. But, I mean, yeah, we're talking years of vegetarian. Right. And then some years of vegan in there, too. Um, So, like I said... The most of my adult life and even some of my high school life was spent as a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, I would eat like Greek yogurt occasionally. Um, but now, like, now I'm, tra- I don't want to say I'm transitioning because I already have, but now I'm going to move to a sustainable future just eating plant based foods. Um, you know, with my daughter being in the mix, she's obviously only plant based because. <laughs> That's what they. That's what they consume. Um, I, I want to lead a good example for her, and I mean, ultimately, whatever she chooses to eat or whatever to do is is her choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm Mason sitting right here, dog, the Australian Shepherd. Like, he's been. He's like our family member, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and I wouldn't eat Mason. No, fuck no. No, I wouldn't eat Mason. I would starve to death. I would die first. Um, and I, so like, what makes him better than a? than a cow like i'm not gonna have to put a cow in here <laughs> yeah you won't fit them <laughs> i don't i don't like cows anyway but i'm saying like what what like why should a cow have to die for me and why should a chicken have to die for me and then i also think about it could i like take a chicken and cut its head off and, and clean it and all this stuff like i feel like if more people knew where their food came from or if they had a direct hand in, in doing it I, I don't think a lot of people would do it i definitely agree with that have you um so what, what are kind of what are some things you're going to do differently now from previous plant-based stuff? Uh, I'm going to spend more time meal prepping and less time uh, just grabbing just grabbing kind of crap. I, overall, I was pretty much 90% good. But when I went bad, I like I went bad. Like we go to like VegFest. Yeah, yeah. And you just jam a bunch of vegan junk food. You know, stuff like that. So like I'll try to cut that out and limit that and uh, not eat. Yeah. You know, things like falafel or something that's fried. I think I'd probably cut that out. Yeah. But I, I don't really eat out anymore. 
and I eat at home and prepare my own food because I found love. Like I, if you, you know, I've always loved cooking. Yeah, it's a big passion of mine, and and I rediscovered that love. It's it's I, I like it's so much more fun to just cook at home and like invite people over and like make dishes and just all hang out. Yeah, I'm making these like black bean veggie burgers all the time now, like from scratch, not mm-hmm. buying like frozen ones, and they're outstanding. You know, or like if I look at like one of my staple meals that I prep, I, I take uh, quinoa garbanzo beans. Um, power greens and spinach and uh, hummus and a little bit of buffalo sauce um, and I just eat that and like you know if I put it in the chronometer it has 24.8 grams of complete protein it's like eating a serving of turkey you know um, so instead of turkey and rice I'm eating plant-based sources you know or like one meal I eat when I always wake up is um, I take a bunch of frozen organic vegetables um, I take some orange juice, I take some soy milk, um, and I take a Vega plant-based soy-free protein, um, and greens, put that in there and I just mix that in a blender. And if I'm on the, if I'm on the go, I'll take it to work with me and drink it as a smoothie. But if not, I'll make it into a smoothie bowl and throw, uh, cashews and some dark chocolate, coconut granola, um, sunflower seeds, things like that on there. And it's, you know, another, living large, right. Another 30 grams of complete protein. There, so like if my in my first two meals of the day, I've already consumed fifty five grams of protein, which is like protein. basically half of your protein for your day. Right, and I eat four to five meals a day, and I don't eat like small meals because like you should eat small meals. I don't care about that. It's not because of that. It's just pure convenience. And when you're because of the amount that I'm training, when you're when you're eating four thousand calories a day and you're eating eight hundred calorie meals, putting that down to three meals and eating thirteen hundred calories just makes me feel sluggish and bloated, to be honest. Yeah, I de- yeah, I agree I agree with that. Like um same same thing. I, in the morning I'll have like some some whole wheat toast or seven grain toast with like avocado on it, uh with some cucumber and tomato. That's been like my breakfast and it's been keeps me going till like, you know, lunchtime and then do whatever. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, and then so yeah, that's that's a good one. And then another another really good one if anybody's interested, because I always get asked about this. A, a really good one that I like is um, make a pinto and sweet potato taco. So basically, uh, dice sweet potatoes uh, after you peel them, of course. Uh, dice sweet potatoes. Uh, take a can of organic pinto beans, preferably non BPA lined, but I mean you can dance with the devil if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, so put those together in a in a pot and cook those. Um, so you let the you let the sweet potatoes soften, then you then you put the the uh, the uh, pinto beans in the pot with them, and just warm them up, and then you mix it with some salsa. Like I like, there's Aldi has this organic pineapple salsa. I love it, so I mix that with that, um, and then uh, I buy the tortillas that are like organic and they're not cooked yet, and you cook them, and so then I, I roll that topping into there with with some uh, avocado, and then I put some I don't know some verde salsa on top, and that's my favorite meal, and I have about four of those at night. And that was, you know, a big thing for me. And then we were talking about things that went wrong. Another thing that went wrong while I'm on this topic is that I wasn't eating enough because I'm not used to the sheer bulk that you have to eat in order to get calories when you're eating only plants. Right, right, right. Because I don't still eat a whole bunch of grains. And also kind of making up for like your training, trainings too. Right, yeah. So I consume, I think on average, 4,200 calories a day um, because that's what I burn with the amount of training I do. Um, I didn't realize eating 4,200 vegan calories was a lot lot harder than eating 4,200 calories of processed crap. So I would often feel hungry, 
and I would not get enough calories in. So that was uh, something I'm being more conscious of this time around. And it's going to be a journey, and I'm probably going to make some mistakes along the way again. But I, I'm steadfast committed to the drinking and the, the veganism. Yeah, definitely. I also think there, there's so there's so many like resources out there where you can like do your research or like you know find stuff online. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like I bought like a couple of vegan cookbooks. You bought me one. I bought you. I bought you a vegan cookbook. And, yeah. Like your resources are out there for to help you perform in any which way you please. Yeah, and so if you're and like one thing that I think that's that's really cool that people do is like. I think like maybe if you had a vegan meal in or a vegetarian meal in a couple times a week, like I think that can go a long way just for people's health and just it's something new to try and you can really get into the flavors of like certain dishes. Yeah. Um, so for research for that, like I like the Thug Kitchen, Eat Like You Give a Fuck vegan cookbook. That's a great um, one. Rich Roll has a plant power cookbook that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like another one called Thrifty Vegan. That one's awesome. Do you have any others that you like? Um, I know the... Was the the John Joseph one? Um, he's got a couple. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's he's a whole different topic to, to I can, I can say a whole <laughs> yeah, so he's a whole different Christian. He's like yeah, he's a whole yeah. different topic. But we need to get him on here. Oh, oh, dude, oh yeah, God. Um, yeah, but like who you know? Speaking of that, like, what do you think? Like, who do you think could be some good resources to follow? Like on the on the interwebs. Um, like who are your favorite people to follow? Kind of plant based. Uh, Rich Roll. Ritual is really good. Same here, um, yeah. Dr. Joel Kahn. Yeah. Uh, he's Michigan. Dr. Michigan Joel based. Kahn's West Bloomfield, Michigan. I'm yeah, sure right. he's, got a, he's got a vegan restaurant in Ferndale, too. Yeah. Yep. He's a good one. Um, uh, I like Nimai Delgado, the bodybuilder. He's an IFBB pro physique competitor, and he's yeah. completely vegan. And he's going to be um, in that upcoming film, The Game Changers. Mm-hmm. And people say, like, you can't get jacked on a vegan diet. You can't get big, like... See this motherfucker, dude. Yeah, this guy. He's, he's a, he's he, was, a, he was the first plant-based athlete to ever be on muscle and fitness. He's nice. a beast mode. Yeah. So basically, yeah, this this podcast is about kind of reflection. Uh, yeah. I know it's uh, you know Fourth of July, Fourth of July special pod. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ch- a lot of uh, changes happening within like you know diet and you know self reflection and changing the way um, we want to perform and then especially you know giving up. Drinking for you, um, I'm gonna. I'm definitely cutting back on drinking to help to help me yeah. help me get back back on track. And so it's not definitely not. It wasn't helping my rehab. No, but anyway. No, and it's not about drinking or it's not about eating more vegetables or eating less meat or anything like that. It's it's all about what it is to you. And and to me, the biggest thing is you have to find what destroys you and what kills you and what brings you down. And you need to eliminate that shit and destroy it. It's parasitic. And if you can step in. And say, I need to eat more vegetables. Doesn't mean you need to eat less meat. Then, then take steps to add, you know, more vegetables. If you if you say, I occasionally like to, um, I don't know, do something that's not good, gamble, and I lose all my money, and I can't buy, I can't, right. I can't buy groceries, and then like, yeah, cut that out. Like, so for me, it was like these two things were the most pressing at the moment for me, mm-hmm. and I decided to eliminate them. And it's been ten days, and my life's been a lot better. Um, but I know how much better it's been because of the last however months that I've done it. So it's not like I'm just fresh into something and it's exciting. Like this has been pretty much all my adult life and the drinking has been on and off. And when it's on, it's binging pretty hard. Right. Cause yeah. Cause we just, you know, especially around holidays or with your group of friends, just like, all right, let's, you know, have fun, you know, drink, whatever, go outside, go to the brewery or whatever. And it's not, it's not benefiting you in, in terms of what you want to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. 
And the, the big thing I'm going to face now is like my, my family. Um, like when we go to like family gatherings, not so much with the drinking, they don't really push me to do that, but they, they push me on like the meat, like where are you going to get your protein from? Like you're a good athlete and you need to have protein. And like my, like my cousin Chris going to call me a bunch of <laughs> derogatory names. <laughs> He's already had some choice words for uh, people who eat not meat. So uh, I have to deal with him, but... He's, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, just gotta eat before or after. Yeah. Like, what, what I what I, well what we do is we we prepare our own meals and and bring them and we bring enough to share in case anybody wants them. And the funny part is we bring stuff in in pretty large quantities and it's gone before the other stuff. And I'm like, hey, you motherfuckers are just talking, <laughs> and now you you eat yeah. all this stuff like is bean and taco salad. You took that. Meat yeah, free. I mean that's why you know I've been I've been kind of getting my family to do too. Like they do like you know meatless Mondays or something like that now, like which is you know freaking huge for if you knew my family. Your dad does that? Uh, not so much, but uh, but he's still on the burgers. But he's yeah. he's he's kind of he'll like he'll give up like meat like here and there. Like won't like for, like certain days he won't eat meat at all. Yeah, big step. Big step. So that's I mean it's good. So I mean as long as like, I just want my my family to benefit. Uh, yeah. Like health wise, just try new shit. Yeah, that's like, the thing. That's the thing. Like, a lot of people they're scared to try new stuff. Yeah, and just sometimes you got to take that leap of faith. And whether it's yeah. you know, you can't live your your best life inside your comfort zone. No, and no, not at all. That's a that's an environment for regrets. And for me, eating meat is an environment for regret. And for me, binge drinking is an environment for regret. And finally, not maximizing the things that I know that I'm capable of deep down is an environment for regret. And I'm not going to look back on it. And that's the biggest thing. So what can I do? And I'm eliminating those things. Bottom line. And I challenge everybody else to do that too. That's perfect. I think that's an awesome spot to, to leave to leave on. That's it. So on our next podcast, we're going to have Joshua Stevens. Joshua Stevens. Ultra. Yeah. Big techs. Big, yes. <laughs> as, he, as he prepares um, for the Badwater Ultra, the famous Badwater Ultra. And... He came just second at the Badwater Sultan Sea, I believe, 50-miler. He's a bad man. Oh, he's a bad dude, former special, former special operations in the Army. Um, just a brilliant guy and a, a loving, caring guy, but a hell of a competitor and a hell of a person, somebody I really look up to. So I'm excited to have him on. Yeah, me too. And if you missed our episode uh, just recently with Nicole, she is just an inspiration. I got cut out of the episode. I'm not salty about it. It happens. It was a mistake. But uh, Pat, Pat, and her do a really good job there, and it's inspirational stuff. So definitely, watch yeah, she is. Um, she's definitely an inspiration. She is a full time badass with all her other full time obligations and responsibilities and whatever. But yeah, she's yeah. she's awesome. Yep. And then the final thing before we sign off here, quick update. So Matt Daniels, we had on uh, sub four minute mile to the prestigious Western States race. He came in fourth place in his first ever 100-mile and happened to be one of the most competitive and storied races in all of the world. Um, this guy is a, is a true Beast inspiration. Mode. I'm lucky to have him coach me, and I'm lucky to call him a friend. Uh, we both are lucky to call him a friend, and uh, we're so proud of him for that. And Adam won uh, Tougher Mudder. Yeah, Adam Ribeiro. Yes. So the last two guests we had on the podcast went on to their next races and really crushed it. Some inspirational stuff. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in and listening to the Finding Strong Podcast. Yep, stay strong, everyone.
Everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at PadXGates. And you can find me at Bottenhorn Running, at run underscore strong underscore coaching, and on my website, www.markbottenhorn.com. So going forward, we're going to try to drop new content every Friday. And if you like it, please subscribe, share it, talk about it, anything. But above all else, please rate it on iTunes. We are live on iTunes now, and your rating means the world to us. Until next time, stay strong.